All right. So, Buck. I already took a drink of water so that I won't spit out my water when you tell this awful joke. <laughs> oh, dear. All right, so if you put 100 zombies and 100 necroph- necrophiliacs into a room, who would chase who? Uh, uh... <laughs> This is 8-Bit, episode 108, Mr. Dad, on Sunday, March 1st, 2015, and now, let's hope our parents don't listen. This episode is hosted by Ian Buck and Ian Decker. Jeez, the only thing that's coming to mind is that this is going to be like in RuneScape when you have two people following each other. (laughs) And they do that awkward dance thing. (laughs) When they merge into each other. (laughs) Because both of them... If I were okay, if I were a necrophiliac, um, in you know, stuck in a room with a zombie, I would definitely be trying to get behind the zombie. You know what I mean? That's why you're chasing me instead of going head on. Exactly. Head on. <laughs> head on. Apply directly to the forehead. <laughs> I mean, in a zombie apocalypse, turn anything sharp into a head on. Oh man. I, I assume that the joke doesn't actually have an answer, right? Like, no. the, the question is the entire joke. Yeah. I mean, m- my answer is simply the, the zombies would be chasing the necrophiliacs because they're the only ones that want the other ones dead, but, like, not moving. Mm, wait, what? Okay. Because a zombie can have its way with the necrophiliac, and then the necrophiliac is just all done. But a necrophiliac can have its way with the zombie, and it happens multiple times, and the zombie just feels violated. <laughs> This is so wrong. <laughs> this is so, so wrong. Welcome to Camp Dads. Oh, man. He, he, he called, said that his name was Mr. Dad. In the <laughs> so, thank you, Mr. Dad, for that wonderful joke. Oh, Lord. You are the reason I drink. I, I got nothing. I just, I can't, I can't even... <laughs> I didn't think I'd ever be able to say something that would leave you speechless. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm also trying to come up with a good way to attach it to anything else that we're going to talk about. And, like, there's nothing. (laughs) It just doesn't fit. That's why you kill it first. So it doesn't (laughs) mind a little tearing. (laughs) Shut up. Oh, God. (laughs) Okay. I'm so sorry, everybody. But, Where you have to sit through awful, awful, inappropriate jokes before you can get to the good stuff, apparently. Oh, <laughs> this is the innuendo show for a reason, babe. Indeed. You know, we, we've never actually made that an official, like, subtitle, but maybe we should put that on the website. The innuendo mm. show. I can't nah. even. The innuendo show. And now, the innuendo show. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll figure something out <laughs> later. So, um, Andrew gave us a little bit of feedback. We always love it when we get listener feedback. And of course, uh, last week, I think it was kind of a, it was like a mix of him like responding to us while we were live streaming and then also him uh, sending us an email afterwards, <laughs> which was interesting. Um, so he asks me, uh, how much do I think the Shield tablet is actually worth? Because of course, whenever we do a review here on the show, we usually tell everybody what a reasonable price is to, to spend on this thing. And uh, yes, I do believe that the Shield tablet is worth $300 because if you look at all of the other tablets out there that you can get uh, at that price range, 
none of them are going to even, I think, come close to the performance that it gives and the feature set. Even even when the features such as like Twitch streaming are a little kind of hit and miss, um, it's still like, wow, they, they just took, they put that into a $300 tablet, like, in some ways, I'm still amazed that you can even buy like $250, $300 tablets that are, you know, usable. I mean, but, they're becoming mainstream to the point where they kind of have to for a consumer market. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, like like, what the, it's like what the guy who made the Segway wanted to happen, but it's actually happening. <laughs> and even, I mean, even like laptops haven't gotten much, much lower than that and retained the status of, like, I actually want to use this thing. You know, the, the cheapest laptop that I would probably ever go for is the, you know, $200 Chromebook. Yep. Or free. I like free things. Uh, no, there are definitely a lot of... I mean, okay. There, there are some laptops that if you gave them to me for free, I'd be very happy to use them. There are a lot of other laptops that if you gave them to me for free, I would be like, nope, throwing this away. Um... But when we're talking about like when we're talking about actual prices that these things are usually sold for, you know, like yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so Andrew also brings up that he's read uh, story after story on Hacker News about people like us who actually gave up their smartphones on like a challenge originally, just kind of curious about it or whatever. Uh, but then they stuck with it because of the liberation from constant tweeting, emails, and other little alerts and annoyances and stuff. And uh, many of them took note of that and enjoyed what was happening around them. So, so I got a mate is what you're saying. Well, I, I mean, nobody's saying that because you have a smartphone that you have to have notifications enabled for every everything that you do, you know? Like, if I didn't want to get notifications for Twitter, I could easily turn that off if I didn't want notifications from something, you know? But there are a lot of things that I would never, ever be able to do without a smartphone. And chief among them, yes, is like, I'm in an area that I'm unfamiliar with. Where do I go? How do I find things? Actually, I had a similar experience where I was wishing I had a smartphone or a smartphone earlier this week. Where, um, So for those of you who don't know, I did an interview to get into Teach for America mm. earlier this week. And I ended How up, did that go? <sighs> well, I ended up showing up half an hour late. <laughs> Because I was in Minneapolis and I turned, so the thing is on North 2nd Avenue, I actually okay. turned on the South 2nd Avenue, parked nearby and wandered around to try and look for the building. <laughs> and then it didn't work. And so I showed up and I explained what happened and they were like, okay. So, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll learn about that later this month. Oh gosh, it's March already, isn't it? <gasps> and I can almost guarantee you that because you are in Minneapolis, uh, you know, a smartphone wouldn't have uh, steered you wrong, but I've definitely been in areas like Alexandria, Minnesota, where I'm like, hey, find me a nearby Chinese restaurant, and then it sends me like 10 miles out of town, and I'm like, no, there are no Chinese restaurants out here. <laughs> what is going on? Oh, man. Good job. Yeah. And uh, finally, Andrew has something to say to Ryan. Uh, he says that uh, from what he's been hearing, Star Citizen will be a rich ecosystem encompassing dozens of worlds and economies. Literally. So huge. Literally. I exactly. had to Literally. read it in that voice because, it, you know, that's exactly what it needed. No, of course. What else would you ever read the thing in? What did I suddenly go and start talking like this? Not a clue. Because you said literally, that's right. Is that is that an inherently British phrase? I don't remember. I don't remember what I heard it said like that, but... <laughs> You go. Oh God. We're a quality. I guess my body's telling me to shut up. Oh. 
So I'm going to shut up. Well, that's okay because I actually have the first headline this week. Yeah, uh, by the way, talk about that. Listener, yes, if you want to find any of the headlines that we're about to talk about, go to thenexus.tv slash eb108. That's where the show notes all reside. So, there was a couple of... So, there, there's this funny thing that happened this week. Valve announced that they were going to be showing off the final version of their controller at D- GDC. Huzzah! Much excitement. I can't wait to actually be able to buy one because I always need more controllers in my life. And they also said that they're going to... Right? <laughs> actually, well, no, I, I had to get multiple controllers so I can actually play games with, like, my girlfriend or anybody else who I have over, you know? Um, they also announced that they're going to be, like, bringing whatever their VR thing is and uh, and maybe something related to the living room that isn't, like, a Steam machine. There wasn't, you know, very much clear about that. But then, just like like yesterday or two days ago or something, HTC suddenly revealed that they're actually Valve's partner for this whole VR thing, and their headset <laughs> is called the uh, Vive. I'm gonna go with the with the Spanish trend or pronunciation on this because it was announced in Barcelona. So, um, so anyway, this this VR headset it'll be coming out by the end of the year. Uh, a developer edition is coming this spring. The developer edition at least has two 1200 by 1080 displays that run at 90 frames per second, which is crazy. Um, apparently, this will allow them to actually like fill up your entire kind of peripheral vision, unlike uh, the Oculus Rift, which kind of stops um, a little ways out from from where your eyes are um, to the left and right. I mean. And then it will also allow the user to walk around and inspect their virtual environment. Uh, and this is thanks to the Steam VR base station, which is like a thing that tracks your physical location within a 15 foot by 15 foot space. So I guess if you want to use this thing to its fullest potential, then you have to like clear out a 15 by 15 like room in your house and uh, just kind of have that dedicated to this is my virtual reality deck. I'm trying to think of some way to put this into rap. Oliver would be proud, but... <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to call it the Viva. That's Viva? It, like, Viva la France. Mm. Oh, that brings me back to Storm Camp. Viva! Viva! <laughs> but just, uh, I mean, long live, right? So, long live. Something like that. And, I mean, it, it kind of makes sense as a virtual reality name, because it's yeah. like, this thing is life. It, you know, it, it kind of... It presents stuff that seems completely real to you, you know. Live and let die. Um, they also had, of course, a a lovely little trailer that we're gonna watch because it has some like inspirational quotes or whatever in it. There were once places beyond reach. Sights unseen. They called to us and let us hear. A world within ours.
I think this is going to be more fun than the ooh yeah, ooh yeah. <laughs> I don't know, we'll see. And by more fun, I mean any time that we mention the thing, we both have to yell. Viva! <laughs> Alright, well, most exciting thing is that Viva! Is that it... <laughs> um, I mean, that's exciting in the fact that we kind of saw this coming from a mile away. NVIDIA, if you guys remember, had um, a big issue with their GTX 970 um, not necessarily actually having as much VRAM as was advertised. And so, wouldn't you know it, they're facing a false advertising lawsuit because of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw it coming from a mile away. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's super unfortunate. I still, I mean, I still wish I had a GTX 970. It would be amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Super yeah. jealous of Caleb. So Lionsgate has made a significant investment in Telltale, who, of course, are one of my favorite developers of all time, and they'll be working together soon to make a thing that is kind of part video game, part television show. They're they're calling it, like, a super show, and I know that there have been, like, a few projects before that have tried to do this sort of thing. Like, um, I think there, there was one that was called, like, was it Resistance or... Defiance or something like that, but that was like a TV show with a video game tie-in. This this sounds like it might be more the sort of thing like, oh, that project that Microsoft announced when they were first like uh, showing off the Xbox One, but like the Xbox One hadn't come out yet. And it, it was supposed to be like yeah, like a television show that was a video game, and I'm not I'm not sure exactly how that or or this project are going to work, but uh, I mean. I'm all for like trying out new narrative concepts and and ways of telling stories. Oh yeah, it's not as if we like story things or anything around here. Mm-mm, not at all. Story. I actually have no idea where I was going with that. All right, moving on. So <laughs> quality. I, that's what I strive for. We it's aim to this. please, so please aim. Uh, I, that's what I try to do when I go up peak. I mean, can you imagine how uncomfortable that would be, just going up to a toilet seat and it's just covered in piss? Well, I mean, hopefully you have the toilet seat up when you're peeing anyway, so you have to have, like, awful, awful aim in order to hit that. Or maybe really good aim, because if it's up, then it's no. facing away from you. No. <laughs> no. Oh, Lord. See, this is why we can't have nice things, Ian, because of me. All right. Clearly. Clearly. <laughs> Moving on, so I mean, if we do want a nice thing, um, we can usually get our hands on it, and there's actually something that looks like it's a nice thing that has a really weird way of pricing. So, a good snowman is hard to build is a game, um, and it's it, it's it's being sold according to the day's temperature as measured measured in London at tea time. So, today it was sold for nine dollars because it was nine degrees Celsius in London at tea time. Mm-hmm. And it's also through the humble bundle, so. so. Um, yeah, I think I think that that's. Is this actually the price of the humble bundle that's being uh, that's being shown, or does, is the humble one like a fixed price? Because I know that the price on Steam is fixed. You know, like that would be a real hassle for the developer here to coordinate with with Valve and like say, okay, I'm going to change the price for the, of this thing every single day. Hmm. I think it might just be through the humble because right now it's slashed from twelve dollars down to nine. It says mm-hmm. on the on the website itself. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yes, it's got two tabs. Yeah, humble and itch.io. Got it. Yep. I do find it amusing that it's uh you know the price 
is in U.S. dollars, but the you know the <laughs> the weather is in London, and you know the it, it, it's according to degrees Celsius, and like okay, so so are they selling it, for example, in the U.K. for nine pounds at the same time, or are they doing nine dollars and then converting that to pounds, or what? You know, I don't know honestly. I'm not in the UK, so I can't really check. I suppose I could go and find a proxy in the UK and see what it says. Whatever. I don't care that much. I mean, nine pounds is a lot more than nine US dollars, because a, a, uh, a pound is equal to about yeah. two bucks. Yeah, I, I don't think it's quite that, but it's definitely it's definitely a lot farther away than like the euro is from the from a dollar. Because I, I think uh, I think the euro is like 0.8 euros is one dollar at least at least. It was sorry. last time. One U.S. dollar equals 0.65 British pounds sterling. Yeah. So nine U.S. dollars would be 5.84 British pounds sterling, and nine pounds would be a little under 14 dollars. Mm-hmm. U.S. dollars. Yeah. This whole international pricing thing is confusing. I mean, that's why the euro was created, right? Yeah. Yeah, I suppose it doesn't really help me though. Not yet. We haven't moved there yet. No. Hey, I, are, are we thinking about it? <laughs> I mean, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> well, we might not have to because, uh, you know, the FCC is doing nice things. True. And I guess I'll, I'll just talk about that right now, why don't I? So sure. this week, huzzah, huzzah, the FCC has classified Internet service providers under Title II. Yay! So they are now common carriers, just like phone lines. And uh, I was actually, I was watching the live stream of this thing and also uh, like reading the Verge's live blog because they, they they love to do live blogs of, of big events. Live blogs. It was really, really bizarre. Like basically everybody knew already how each of the the people on the board were going to vote. Hmm. So but they but they still had to have like each of them had to have a speaking turn. Mm-hmm. And so they each got up and like made a few speeches, and then they sat down, and then they all voted, and nobody like even tried to convince anybody else, uh, you know, to to change their vote because they knew how the vote out outcome was going to be. Mm. So basically, like one of, one of the guys uh, who was nominated, you know, to the position by the Republican Party, like he basically just made a bunch of like as many references and quotes from other political speeches as he possibly could. Mm. It was really bizarre. And then, like after after seven years ago, a day forever shall live in infamy. It was it was more recent stuff like Barry Goldwater and Ronald Reagan and George H W Bush. But like it was just it was strange. And then after they voted, they like you know they were like, okay, so do we have any announcements? And then they all started like. One of them started talking about like, oh yeah, I met this guy at a party, and you know he like he works for the FCC, and I just wanted to kind of give a shout out to all the people you know who aren't like on the board of the FCC, but they do a lot of hard work for the FCC. And it was like, what is going on? I don't know. I mean, I mean, I don't understand politics. That's why I'm not a poli sci major. But and none of, none of them were like you know. Uh, elected to these positions either. They were all, you know, like nominated and appointed by, by, I think by Congress. Must, must be Congress. Must be. Ah, word. But not to worry. The internet is safe for now. <laughs> Let us have this moment, Ian. Like, don't, don't, don't go all death and gloom on us already. Doom and gloom. 
Well, I mean, we, uh, I'll combat my doom and gloom with a little bit more um, wishful thinking um, and talking about, like, like weird pricing schemes and whatnot. So, like, or actually concepts, not pricing schemes. No, I suppose it's sort, sort of a pricing scheme. Um, but, like, what if companies had to sign agreements that consumers wrote before they can take our money? That would be great. That would be pretty great. Yeah, and I, I just, I, I really enjoyed uh, the the SAS that that PC Gamer put into this article. A lot, a lot of times, I get kind of annoyed at their sarcasm when they're like doing actual breaking news things. Uh, but this one was appreciated because seriously, like consumers do need to be protected, and and you know we have there, there are a lot of a lot of times that that consumers get screwed over by companies. Mm-hmm. Um, so. It would be it would be nice to have a document like an actual document like that that comprehensively says like what a company can and cannot do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So would you say their sarcasm puts a sarcasm between you two? Oh my god, a pun about sarcasm. There would be some people who would just be irate with you right now. I'm just disappointed. But not to worry. I found. Another, a new game that I'm kind of interested in. Um, this one looks really, really unnerving. It's called Hunger, and uh, I'm particularly taken by their use of like dissonant sounds in the trailer to create tension. Here I go, like uh, paying attention to the things that uh, JPM has told us about <laughs> music in in, uh, in in video games. I'm gonna um, be writing a paper on that. Sometime. Oh, nice! Like my final paper is gonna be talking about. My final paper for the classics department for the, 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 the classics capstone is going to be talking about memory. And so I'm talking about how, well, there's conscious memory through both like lyrics as well as through musical elements that th- do things, as well as there's cultural memory, um, which comes through in like video games and opera and whatnot, where different mm-hmm. settings can be created and manipulated um, through use of music that we've come to associate as a society about those certain areas. Meanwhile, in my um, my new media technologies class, our last unit is uh, about gaming, and so the essay that I'm writing for this unit is I, I'm I literally just titled it like um, games as a, a cultural mirror, and I just kind of went with that phrase and like wrote down everything that I could think of on that yeah. topic, uh, with a, with a few like references, of, you know, like to, to actual research people and stuff. Yeah, um, but. Anyway, getting sidetracked. Back to hunger. Um, so it looks like you'll be controlling a young girl who's trying to escape from like this big, dirty industrial complex. Uh, and it's so the developer is Tarsier Studios, who were co-developers on Little Big Planet and Tearaway, both very quality games uh, by all accounts. And so I'm pretty excited for this, and uh, I would like everybody to listen to the trailer, and then if you you know have time later, like go and look at the trailer because the the art style is also quite something to see. Like it's it's all you're gonna have to see it.
actually I, terrifying. I just realized what it kind of reminds me of. It it reminds me. It seems like a really like kind of dirty version of Spirited Away. Hmm. Because like she's clearly not supposed to be there. There's all this stuff that's going on that's like much much bigger than her, much much more powerful than her. Um. So Spirited Away meets um. The Evil Within is sort of what, how I would describe that art style. Really? I mean, there weren't any, like, rivers of blood or anything. <laughs> You're right, there weren't rivers of blood, but just sort of the atmosphere. So, like, the low-hanging light, sort of the dim things in the background. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, okay, so The Evil Within sands blood and gore. So okay. the atmosphere of The Evil Within meets Spirited Away. And is it bad to me that the little girl looks a lot like Tingle to me? Tingle. From Legend of Zelda games? I don't know who that is. Is that the fairy? No. Can't be. The fairy is just a little blue ball that with wings. Mm-hmm. That's Navi. I will I will throw a picture up in just a sec. Okay. God. I apologize for my lack of knowledge related to uh Legend of Zelda. Yeah, it's fine, it's fine. Actually um, I'm pretty sure that one of my uh housemates is probably playing Skyward Sword right outside my door. <laughs> Good game, I approve. Oh, well, this is something that kind of blew up on the internet for a little while. And then, I mean, the whole dress thing came, so that, that, that took away a lot of its fame and tension, but, um, so, there's, there's this whole controversy about this guy by the name of Faker. Faker is a pro League of Legends player, and he streams. And he signed a contract with Azubu, I, um, sorry, with Azubu, so that he would be, it was an exclusive contract for them to to stream his stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, there's another guy on the internet, but guy by the name of Starlord Lucian, who on Twitch uh, runs a channel called um, oh where is it? It it oh Spectate Faker. So they take this guy that that plays League of Legends, and whenever he has a game or whenever he's playing, it goes and it spectates him um, without using the same angles that Azuba would use. Um, so there's this whole big legal debate and legal controversy between the two of them um, as to if it's bullying and harassment because it's being done without Faker's consent. Um, so wait, okay, so League of Legends actually does have like a spectating thing built in. Yes, they have a spectate mode built in. Oh, how long have they had that? Uh, a while, several years by now. Okay, okay. wow. Where have I been? Uh, not on. Clearly. <laughs> Clearly. Um, so yeah, they have that in. Um but the the issue is is that Riot actually talks about in their um contracts in terms of use that they they encourage use of League of Legends um for personal content and creation. Um so it's a question of is this or and that they own cuz they essentially own all of all of the pardon me, all of the gaming footage that Faker uses. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's part of their game. Um, so it's a legal battle of does Star-Lord Lucian have the right to what he's doing because he's using what is, technically speaking, League's personal property, which they have said it is okay to use for non-profit stuff. Um, or is Zubu right in saying, and actually taking legal action, because they've already started to take legal action against against this guy, um, because he had signed a legal contract with Azubu, or Faker had signed a legal contract with Azubu for exclusivity rights. 
So, okay, so Zubu is seeking legal action against Star-Lord Lucian, right? Not against yes. Faker? Correct. Okay. Faker's okay. just caught in the middle of this, and actually Faker and the whole team have said that they don't really feel comfortable with this whole thing, which at that point doesn't turn into harassment. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that this really constitute as harassment, because, like, um, I mean, from what I know, like, the channel isn't isn't like you know saying like saying anything untowards about faker you know or anything like that they're they're just taking the built in spectating which like and and anybody can go and spectate faker at any time right yeah whenever whenever he's playing um yeah i i mean i don't see any like i guess what i what i think is does does Zumba or Zuba or whatever they're called. Azubu. Uh, Azubu. <laughs> Do they even have like the the right to demand all streaming of of Faker's games? Well, that's the question. Is because he he signed an um sorry he signed an exclusivity contract with them, saying that he gave only them permission to stream his games. Right, but like there are other people in his games. Yeah. They didn't sign that contract. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like, yeah, it's it's not like he has the ability to prevent people from spectating his games either. So like, mm-hmm. whether or not he has the the right to like say that he doesn't want anybody else streaming it, like, you know, it's, it's you're playing a game that where where it's like fully visible anyway. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think that, that that they can prevent people from doing that. Like this, this seems perfectly fine to me. Actually, League of Legends has released a statement. Oh. Um, it says here's the TLDR. We believe the in-game spectator experience for ranked games is a critical part of the LoL gameplay experience, and we have no interest in in seeing it crippled. Where things become problematic is when a spectator mode for a player, pro or otherwise, is consistently streamed against their wish and in a way that is harmful. Having looked into the Spectate Faker case, we've established two major things. One, that the DMCA issued by Azubu did not have legal standing as we, not Azubu, own the gameplay contact, content. And two, that Faker believes, and we agree, that this stream is harmful to him and to his brand. We'll be honoring Faker's request and pursuing a takedown of the stream. Hmm. Okay, so for... for Okay, now, now here's the next question. For, like... Fans who want to watch Faker's games, um, would they would they have a place outside of that to like find out when he's playing and and spectate him anyway? I mean, they can just go to Azubu.tv/faker. Right, but like, that, but then they're still just watching it from whatever perspective Azubu is, you know, doing it from. Like, yeah. I mean, if you're friends with Faker, then you can probably go and just spectate his game and watch it from whatever angle that you want. Oh, you can only spectate friends? Yeah. Well, oh. not necessarily. You can you can spectate. Um, they will oftentimes give... Uh, oh, brain work. Sorry. Um, they will give the ability and the option to spectate um, some professional games or some higher-up ranked play uh, in the lobby. Okay. So, like, you can go and spectate those games. So, it'll give you the option for those, but for the most part, if you're just selecting someone to watch, then it has to be off of your friends list. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So, I wonder, I wonder how, how, uh, um, 
Star Lord Lucian was getting that, you know, the spectating. I don't know. Consistently. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, this is a very interesting and strange situation. Um, so, on to something a little bit more positive. Games for Change has announced uh, their nominees. Among them, uh, the ones that I've heard of were Never Alone, This War of Mine, and uh, Parable of the Polygons. And, of course, I'll have to go and check out the others to see what they're all about, because I'm all about, you know, those games with cultural value. Gaming hipster here, yo. It's like we like doing good things or something. Mm-hmm. Weird. Actually, speaking of which, uh, my professor in, in my new media technologies class, she was joking around going like, hey, maybe I should like actually play some video games over spring break because you know, I'm not, not very experienced in this area. So you all, you all should give me some like uh, um, suggestions for games that I should check out. And, you know, and, and, and then she said something about like, maybe make them games that my son wouldn't be interested in so that I, you know, I won't be bothered by him or something like that. And, and we all laughed. And, but then I started thinking about it. I'm like, oh, man, I could give her some, like, real high art options here. Like, <laughs> go and suggest Gone Home and, and uh, Kentucky Red Zero and Never Alone and stuff Mass like that. Mass Effect. That story. Yeah, but I, I mean, yeah. I wanted, I wanted to suggest things that she would actually be able to play over spring break. As well, you know, shorter things. I mean, that's but important yes, to do. What, what's important to do? Play Mass Effect. Feel yeah, the I mean, I, I agree, yes. It, it is, I, I definitely consider that game series to be high art. But, it, like, it's it not high art least. that can be consumed in a short amount of time. <laughs> it had to be me. Somebody else would have messed things up. Oh, you shut up, you meanie. <laughs> Feel those feels. Oh. Ian has commanded you. Oh dear. <laughs> I can't believe well, that pe- some people just straight up shot him. It's awful. I mean, some people are awful. I learned that today. I am not relishing going through as Chad. Chad Shepard. Yeah, yeah. I I honestly couldn't do a Chad Shepard. I just I couldn't. I couldn't break my morals enough to do a Chad Shepard. I just. Whenever, so whenever I talk about most of my playthroughs of Mass Effect, I always say, you know, I did this, I did that, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But when, whenever I talk about what Chad has done, I have to like very, very specifically in my mind separate myself from it, going, Chad did this, Chad did that, Chad is an awful person. <laughs> like, I will na- name my th- name mine Thad. 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 So my roommates and I all came up with douche names for each other. Just for shits and giggles, there's there's a fun story behind it when um, one of my roommates was visiting his girlfriend, and then one of her uh, her friends was really drunk, and then just went and said something like, "You look a lot like a Derek to me," <laughs> and so we all gave ourselves um, douche nicknames. So Corey became Chad, I became Thad, and then he's Derek. I think I think that the worst name that I've ever come up with is Chaz. Because Chaz, Chaz is pretty bad. With a Chaz Z. is pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, Derek just walked by and was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll, I'll take Chaz if, uh, if it's not taken already, which it sounds like it's not. <laughs> You'll take Chaz? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we have our fourth roommate, boys. His name <laughs> is Chaz. He lives up in Morris. It's great. Okay. <sighs> Something that's... Another horribly bad idea. 
But in the best way possible. <laughs> but in the best way possible. It's like I like saying that phrase or something. Um, so somebody took the idea behind Twitch Plays Pokemon and applied it to Halo Combat Evolved. So they're currently on the first level. Of playing it for like 80 hours. <laughs> I'm watching it right now. They are they, okay. So they've gotten past the prologue. They are off the ship and they are on the halo. Oh, really? Yeah. Right now they're trying to cross a bridge on a canyon. It's not working so well. Ah, yes. Because yes. they keep on either falling exactly. off or getting shot and dying. It's beautiful. This is exactly where they were when I was watching earlier today. Um, I don't think that this is ever going to end. I, <laughs> I mean, there's a big difference between playing Pokemon which is a turn-based strategy game with slight movements to playing um, a first-person shooter which requires reaction time. Mm-hmm. So I don't see them getting very far. No. Oh, I mean, oh wait. They're actually pointed in the right direction on the bridge right now. They're on the bridge. Oh. They're getting shot at. They're getting shot at. They're getting hit with a plasma, pistol, or plasma rifle. It's okay. Their health is still all right. <laughs> well, their shields is just fine. That's the important part. Yeah, well, no, their shields got dinked, but they, they just had their shields. Uh-oh, right? uh-oh, they're about to fall. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, this is, this is so tense. <laughs> oh, God, why are they turning? No! I'll come back in a week and see where they're at. <laughs> I'm not expecting much. Oh, man. Um. So, mm. for this week's final... Sad piece of news. I'm sure that everybody has heard about this already, but uh, Leonard Nimoy died this week. And in addition, of course, to you know being a Spock in Star Trek, he's been in a, a few video games. I think mostly, usually as like narrators. Uh, mm-hmm. In particular, he's my favorite narrator from the Civilization franchise because there's so many words of wisdom that I you know have in my memory banks as his voice. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are actually a few games that are, like, setting up memorials or, or tributes kinds of things uh, in his honor. So we have, of course, in Star Trek Online, um, there there was, like, thousands of players that just, like, traveled to Vulcan and uh, and stood at attention um, near this one monument and, uh, it, you know, in, in order to honor him. And I think, I don't know if it's that monument that they're going to actually change to to uh be in honor of him or if it if they're setting up a new monument but there there's going to be a monument um in star trek online for him and then also the other one that i know of is uh elite dangerous is actually naming a um a like a space station after him mm-hmm. it's the nimoy something or other space station nimoy M- memorial station okay live long and prosper peace and long life my logic is sound. Good night, sweet friends. Oh, goddamn, that made me so sad. Just, I mean, I'm I'm glad to see that people are remembering him and remembering him well. Mm-hmm. I see someone that deserves to be remembered well. I'm just sad to see him go. We all are. But his logic is sound. Is kind of what I said. If it's time for me to go, goddamn it, I don't want to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, you saying that reminds me of a um. An article that I read a while ago in argument of like not uh, not having like extraneous uh, um, you know methods for trying to keep people alive past like you know 65 or something like that. Um, yeah, 
that author had a pretty healthy view of death, I think. Yeah. I mean, I'll be on Earth for as long as I need to be. Mm-hmm. I don't worry about anything past that. I'll be where I need to be. And then you go to Mars. Then I go to Mars. Uh, maybe make a pit stop on the moon, for, on the moon first. I'm going to have to go potty. <laughs> this reminds me of an episode of uh, Bravest Warriors. Bravest Warriors! I didn't know oh, I could go that high. <laughs> me neither. <laughs> and I don't want to hear it do that ever again. This is what happens after a couple of good beers. <laughs> Evidently. All right. Well, cheers to you, Leonard Nimoy. I hope you are having all the fantastical uh, philosophical debates and logic stuff and just the greatest time wherever you are now because Lord knows you deserve it. All right, well, into a cheerier thing. Um, Far Cry 4 has released a tr- teaser trailer for something called Valley of the Yetis. It's their new, it's their most recent DLC. Um, if you have the season pass, you will get this. Um, from what I can tell from the trailer, it's AJ Gale, or sorry, AJ Gale, if you're going to English, or English, Americanize his name. Uh, <laughs> I think Anglicize is the correct term. The, another term is butcher. Yeah, yeah, basically same thing at this point. Um, so anglicize his name or Americanize his name. Um, but so you get stuck in a valley with no way to escape, and there is a tribe there that is determined to put you, who is crazy and, um, or well, not crazy, but you are a legend, supposedly, put you up against the Yeti to test your worth. <laughs> so you get to figure that out. I don't know. Now, is that going to be harder or easier than uh, the Honey Badger? I don't know. The Honey Badger is pretty damn hard. <laughs> well, I'm sure that you'll be able to let us know once it comes out and everything. Cause, uh, did, you, did you buy the season pass for that? I did not, actually. I feel like I should have. Okay. Eh, I don't know. Sometimes they're scams. Sometimes. We'll see. We'll see. I'll probably get stuff that looks really good as it comes out. So That's another good strategy. Um, so I don't really have anything new to review this week because uh, the only gaming that I really did was on Monday when I suddenly got caught up in um, Hearthstone and played it for like 12 hours straight. It's It's not a good game to play if you have an addictive personality. Like... This is this is the reason that I won't don't drink. Which one? Hmm? Sorry, which game? Games like Hearthstone are the reason that I know that I shouldn't drink ever. <laughs> well, I mean, you've had sips of stuff, and I know you well enough to know that you don't really like the taste of booze. Right, but I mean, if I get into it in any capacity, like I'll probably get addicted. I get like we talked about uh, game addiction in class, and I was like, "Yep, yep, yep." I exhibit all of those uh, <laughs> <laughs> those symptoms. I have serious issues. <laughs> Yarp. Well, then I'll try to avoid introducing you to honey whiskey and root beer, which is like my favorite mixed drink. Mm-hmm. And I know you like root beer, so that might that might actually suck you in a little bit. Uh, I did actually just think of a game that I did start playing this week. Uh, I started playing Never Alone with Liv. Um, never alone, never alone, no, no, come on, come on. I kind of was hoping that you were singing Neon Pegasus for a moment, but alas, you were not. Surprising. Uh, I will make 
I will make you listen to it. I, I we've probably showed it to you before, but you know it's always good to listen again. Um, but yeah, never never alone. Uh, the that game that the the first video game that ever came out by a an indigenous owned uh, company, and it uh, it tells uh, a traditional story from um, oh I forget what tribe they are the, a tribe in in Alaska. Um, and then, in addition to the you know the traditional story that that you get to play through, they also you unlock a bunch of like little documentary style short films uh, about them, which is really cool. And because Liv is uh, a Native American studies like major, uh, she was just totally into the whole thing. <laughs> mm. So once we finish with that, I'll probably have her on to uh, to review it with me. Yeah. I can't believe that I've never had her on the show before. She's one of my best friends. We haven't had her on the show yet? No, I don't think that Liv's ever been on the show. Weird. Well, I mean, I'll, I'm looking forward to getting to say hi and give her big hugs when I come up um, later this oh. month. Oh, yeah. Are you coming up during your spring break, then? Yeah. Oh, that'll be good. So long as you have a couch for me to crash on. Actually, I have an extra mattress. <laughs> Perfect. Because, long story short, I brought a mattress up here, and I was expecting to just sleep on a mattress on the floor all semester, but then I found out that one of my housemates actually had an extra bed that, like, you know, he had last year, now he has a queen-size, and so he didn't need this twin-size one anymore. So I have a bed, and I have a mattress that's just leaning against my wall. So, uh, thanks for listening to 8-Bit, everybody, where we make dumb mistakes and uh, say things that we might regret later. (laughs) All the time. I'm Ian Buck. And I'm Ian Decker. Signing off. Well, we went on a tang- We left on a tangent. Still haven't found where the circle begins again. <laughs> Good. I think I hit an asthmatote on the way. What Matt could do, or what some guy named Dave could do? Uh, well, Dave. Um, uh, he probably doesn't even believe in the mission to m- the moon. Did you almost say Mars? Yeah, I did. <laughs> well, he probably doesn't believe in that one either. If he doesn't believe in the mission to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> I almost right, did. You're so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where's the marker when you need it? Marker, Mars. Okay, that was good. And then if the judges clicked onto another page, it would show my inserted page, and then any page after that would go back to the normal flow. And basically it said... This is the first year websites are being used. SPPS didn't help these two students actually get it done. And I had to do it. And if it doesn't work, it's not my fault. Blame the district. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't know what they got as a grade for that, but I hope they, I hope they did well. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, man. I think the craziest thing about this is that, um, I, I mean, your mom's the one who gave you, like, the booze talk on your way up to, to Gustavus. Yeah. Yeah. She's also told me that if I get any girl pregnant, that she will literally hunt me down and kill me. Mm-hmm. 
oh, I, th- I think my favorite booze talk that uh, I've heard of your mom's was when we were at the Holiday Inn. Was it a Holiday Inn? There's something. Um, and you were you were talking to uh, a girl who was a senior in high school and her dad, uh, oh, yeah. like pitching Gustavus to them. And they and were then, Baptists. Yeah. <laughs> I remember this. After they left, your mom was just like, they're Baptists. And you were like, oh. <laughs> because you had been talking about how great it was that you had professors that you could talk to about like your plans to, to homebrew beer and stuff. And <laughs> well, not even just plans, like going and actually going and homebrewing with them. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh it was amazing. Amazing. I am so dumb sometimes. I mean, I didn't know. Ignorance is my excuse there. Right, yes, but also assuming that people are going to be completely okay with that subject, I mean, eh. Yeah, yeah with any with any topic that, that could possibly be a touchy issue, it's usually best to make sure beforehand, but yeah. I mean... I suppose it's just it it's weird because I don't really think of it as a touchy issue just because it's yeah but that's that's called like you know cultural awareness is uh be you know knowing what things other people might consider to be touchy issues even if you yourself don't yeah I'm a dummy sometimes eh, anyway that, that's why I keep you around right so that you can tell me when I'm being a dummy and how <laughs> uh I can try I can try but you know. Since we come from such similar backgrounds, I don't, you know. <laughs> yeah. And if not you, then Helena, because she's pretty good at that, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you can't see that from there. Uh, no, of course not. No, 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 no. Put it down. Put it down. No, no, no. Ah! Oh, no, 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 no. Stop! Stop! No! No! It already was there! No! You can't do that! Look, I wanted to build that box in peace. Like Coming up with a lot of good no, French no, 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 stop! No, 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 stop! So Ryan, Ryan gave me a little kit to build a fox. And he's like, hey, Matt, build this fox. You like building dinosaurs? Build the fox. It's got a flower in there. Like, it'll be cute. And I'm like, all right, I like, I like little children's puzzles. It's rated for three and up, so I figured I can handle it. And so I'm starting to work on it. The eyes were removable. And so I'm like, wow, free eyes. And so I put them on my eyes, and then it just it takes a picture. And then, like, I don't think anything of it. And then now he's suddenly he's, uh, harassing me. Yeah, I'll put a link in the notes. Hold on. Uh, oh, oh my god! Also, I put a link of Tangled in the notes. I see that.